1: If I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today.
0: Okay, Joey, I want to kind of set up today's podcast where we're talking about our passive income report. And as I sit here and I look at the myriad of different things we have been invested in it it just brings to mind yesterday I come home and my wife is like you've got to get back here and look into this pool
1: okay you, I'm not I'm not seeing the connection
0: just hold on she's okay. like we've got all sorts of creatures in the skimmer like have you ever had a have a pool at your house did you ever grow up with a pool no I didn't. All right. So the skimmer is the thing you open very timidly. Like anybody who's had a pool, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Like you don't even want to stick your finger all the way down in that hole to, to pull it out. You try to grab the edge of it and push it off. Sure. You don't ever know what's going to be in there. Yesterday what? I was like, I was Jack Hanna. You know, like i like, <laughs> You know, what was the guy, what was his show? Like the Mutual of Omaha show, you know, like the, the nature version. I open that thing and it's like, there's snakes, uh-uh. there's frogs, there's no. turtles. I what? Mean, it, it was like a pond in, in a, you know, a six by six bucket. That's nuts. I'm like scooping these things out and slinging them over the fence. And then the worst is the little snake was so small. There's like this hole, I guess kind of like an overflow hole that you would have in, in your bathroom, you know, like bathroom sink or whatever. Yeah. And he just crawled into that little hole and he's just stuck. He's just hanging out. No. I'm like, I'm sorry, Kelly. Kelly's our, our little pool guy. I'm sorry, Kelly. Kelly's going to reach down there, you know, unbeknownst to him, put his hand in there and that little snake's going to come zipping out of there. (laughs) But it was, it's just like, we had so much going on there. I feel like it's the same things uh, true with our passive income report today.
1: What a great connection. I was actually talking to somebody today who all she does is multifamily JVs and syndications and things. And I, I just was like, hey, you know, you want me to show you our report? We're actually about to share this. She's like, oh, my goodness, this is so cool seeing all these different things. We're just so focused on one to see you guys doing all these random, you know, diverse things. It was crazy. I had did not think to tell her it was like a, uh, a jungle, but, you know.
0: <laughs> well, I, I know that uh, people don't care about my pool. and don't care about all of that. They're interested in the diverseness of our passive income, which I want us to jump into right now. So let's don't waste any more time. Let's talk about August 2021's passive income. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Joey, today we're covering August 2021's Passive Income Report. What sticks out the most about
1: what happened in August? Uh man, I'm just I'm just grateful that it went up because I was a little nervous. the uh, The short term rental business not so bueno in all. It
0: was it was it was a little a little rocky there for a little bit.
1: I mean, in fact, I mean we we got saved by the storm. It, Have you ever heard somebody say that? Yeah, it's interesting
0: when a hurricane actually is a windfall. <laughs> <laughs> you Usually, it, it's a win down. <laughs> exactly.
1: I mean, so us, the, that was that was to me.
0: That the, was the hurricane me. brought stuff to us. Well, if you've never been in the short-term rental business, most of the people that are at the coast who own short-term rental businesses get crushed. Right? Everybody flees the market, so they get all these cancellations. People are getting out of town but not only are the tourists leaving town also the people when it's a big enough storm like this one was people who live down there are like we better get at it at a dodge <laughs> and they decided for whatever reason Birmingham was the place that they wanted to get to and and that's actually not uncommon during the uh, hurricane katrina there was a lot of people who lived in Birmingham actually basically relocated or was here for three to six months because their houses were just destroyed and you had kids going to school here. So we saw the same exact thing, Joey, but before that, that, that last week we were struggling with occupancy. You want to talk a little bit about that? Cause I think yeah. people always want to hear like how the short-term rental business is going, what are, what are impacting it. And we saw the first part of August not be so great.
1: Well, and this is what I want to point something out. If you have not already been taking our Pathfinder course to find out what sort of investor you are, this is one of those things. So I am a an S profile. This is one of those things about my investor DNA that makes me nervous about the short-term rental business, is the kind of the ups and downs. Like the it's not stable. It's not a hundred percent known. There's not, there's, there's a lot of variability. And this is one of those months where, you know, it it, it made me nervous. We were sitting around 40% occupancy up until the last uh, about seven to 10 days of August. And then subsequently, and part of that was because of COVID restrictions starting to ramp up a little bit. And part of it is people going back to school, like families aren't traveling as much, so on and so forth. Yeah. But you you jump into the the tail end in that hurricane came through um, the Gulf and all of a sudden we were at a hundred percent occupancy going into that last weekend of of August until the first week of September. So that is what was our saving grace. Well, you mentioned covid
0: restrictions i think we started seeing some people who who had gotten covid and just couldn't come yeah there were some businesses and some events that they were coming to that got canceled for different yeah. reasons but yeah i think you know covid is one of those things that is definitely unpredictable in our in our world it's hard to you know not be super flexible as a company when people reach out to you and say, Hey, I'm sorry. I can't come Uh, either. My event got canceled or somebody in our family got sick. All of those things are definitely making our short-term rental business very volatile. And I, I can feel your pain, but even in a very volatile month, a month where we had a lot less occupancy than we've been used to a month where, We had people, as you said, not traveling, right? Going back to school is a month where people tend to, you know, get focused on that specific thing. So August is already kind of a down month anyway. We still, with that, between all the units that we own or co-own, went almost $14,000 in profit. That's not bad,
1: bro. Like No, no. Yeah, it's not bad.
0: That's one of those things. I know, like we looked in the month of July, where we crushed it, best month ever, like twenty nine thousand in cash flow uh, profit. Like that was a great month, right? Just give me, you know, eleven more of those. But I, <laughs> I, 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 you won't hear me complain saying I'll take fourteen thousand a month passive out of our short term rental business in a really bad month.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And I want to jump to the land business now because I think August was a really, really cool month for us to be involved at the Land Geek Camp in Las Vegas. Um, you want to share maybe some of the highlights that you had from there?
0: It, I, it just reinvigorated me. Anytime you get around other people who are just as excited as you are to create passive income or willing to do the little extra things. I mean, we talk to people who wake up at five 30 in the morning and do it for an hour and a half before they head to their job. We'll, we'll use, you know, maybe a a Friday afternoon or Saturday morning to, you know, to, to focus on the, on the business, to get it going. But to hear stories of people who have gone from zero to 5,000 a month, to 15,000 a month, to 50,000 a month of passive income, just from this little small niche business, where you can buy land at five hundred to twenty five hundred dollars a piece and sell it on terms, and to create that amount of cash flow, it's hard not to come away super excited. And we're in Las Vegas. I mean, Las Vegas is just crazy nuts anyway. Like, there's <laughs> never a dull moment. Like the moment I'm I'm driving down the road and I see this this couple walking down the strip. They had walked from some like public pool that was on the strip. And both of them was much overweight. Like they literally, unfortunately, they they'd eaten way too much. Too many buffets. But <laughs> oh girl is like totally not bothered by the fact she's wearing a G string straight down the middle Uh-oh. of Las Vegas Boulevard. And it's <clears> just <throat> scantily like, clad. This is crazy town. So it it was it was just fun. It was exciting. You know, you, you never had a dull moment while we were there. I love the fact that your girls took advantage of the boot camp. I'm sure you guys have had a ton of conversations since then as Oh well. my,
1: Oh, my gosh. It, that was the highlight for me was, one, driving Cousin Eddie the RV all the way across the world, practically, to get to Las Vegas. It took us five days to get out there. And now I've got my family in tow. They're getting to see uh, Mark and Tate and Scott and the whole team at the Land Geek. And um, taking in what we, you and I already know, like we already know their character, we already know the the processes that they're doing. And my my oldest Annie and Lily Kate got to sit in in the boot camp for two straight days. So give give me some feedback. Like since you guys have gotten back, what have you guys talked about doing? How are they
0: going to create some passive income?
1: Dude, uh, let's just say this: Annie has got a fire lit under her bottom. She is so excited about flipping land and she's told me she's like joey she's like (laughs) she didn't call me joey she said dad i want to be the youngest coach for the land geek they've ever had can you believe that i love that i was like you know the best way to become a coach flip some land learn how to flip some land you're going to be amazing as long as you just flip some land so we we've got a fire she said dad by the end of november i want to make 10 grand That's what she told me. Yes. And you know why? Why? She wants to give it to the church. We have a a new capital campaign. And she's like, I want to get started. I want to give this money to the church. And it's for a playground and paving the parking lot and all this kind of stuff. Anyways, I just thought that was amazing. And I told her, I said, okay, we got to get after it. In order to do that, you got to go buy some wholesale property right now. Like go, go after it. And then we're going to try to flip it as fast as we can.
0: Right. You you mentioned the wholesale stuff. I was just at a breakfast this morning talking to two guys about how to just instead of going through, you know, how to jumpstart this. Right. Instead of trying to figure out how to mail properties, find the county that you want going through, you know, all of that requirement and mailing letters, 100, 200 a week, you know, until until the um, the faucets, you know, turn on where people are trying to sell it to you. Instead, go find people who've already done all that work, who bought the property at 25 cents on the dollar and now are selling it at 50 cents on the dollar and you buy it from them and then start market it on the different Facebook, Craigslist channels, stuff like that and make the margin between the end. And I I think what you're talking about and sharing with your daughters is very valuable. Like I think that's the quickest way to create cash flow in that business that's not what we're doing right like we're right. mailing out we're buying the property we're turning around we're selling it on terms our land business right now is bringing in um, a little over $12,000 a month in note income and you know our expenses associated with that about 3600 so we've got almost $8500 in passive from our, our pretty new little business, man. But you just see it every month, the note income growing 8 to 9 to 10%. And I just think, man, where is this thing going to be at a year from now, three years from now, five years from now? And we've kind of done some of those projections, and we've seen $25,000 a month of passive, $50,000 a month of passive. That's the future for where the land business is going to be. And it really hockey sticks. It's, it's kind of like this slow growth, slow low. Grow, and then all of a sudden, whammo, it's gone.
1: Yeah. And by the way, it, it, if you've never heard us talk about it, or if you have, and you're like, finally, I need to look into this, go to thelandgeek.com and check them out. Um, they've got tons of different ways you can get involved. But uh, man, I this is the thing I'm most excited about that we do. It's slow, steady, and it is, it's just one of those things that's always going to be there in terms of a business that you own and operate. So anyways. That, that's my take on the land business. And I'm super excited that now my daughters are excited about the same thing.
0: We, we have another business that we spend a lot of money in. We don't spend a lot of time in, right? And it's the one that most people are most intrigued in right now because the cryptocurrency world is, is constantly gaining notoriety. It's getting um, the, the prices on Ethereum and Bitcoin, and even you saw the Dogecoin earlier in the year. Like All of those things are now much more conversational, much more kind of in the typical uh, culture environment, if you will. I, I We get this question. Actually, I think we got an email today. Hey, where, where are you guys buying your computers? Where are you guys mining your computers? And while I'd love to tell you that, we also have a completely different group where people pay twenty five to $50,000 a year to be in to get that information. So if we just freely gave it to you, you could imagine a lot of people would be upset at us about that. Yeah. So, but it yeah. is something that you and I have have seen a lot of success in. You want to talk a little bit about what that is and how that's working? Yeah.
1: yeah. So we we have um, mining computers. Ethereum is what the cryptocurrency that we specifically mine. And... Um, it basically performs a function. So we're awarded that cryptocurrency for the use of that machine. And you have invested more money into these than I have. So, thus, if you're looking at a report, you can see in the month of August, Russ brought in 15871 in Ethereum dollars, US dollar equivalent of Ethereum, and had an expense of $3,000 to to keep those machines up, which by the way, these things take a lot of power. Um, They do have to be uh, overseen in case something goes down, you want somebody to maintain it. And so you netted out a little over 12,000, almost $13,000. I, on the other hand, only netted about $2,500. But in both cases, we were up um, nine to 12% over July. I'm a little bit, I mean,
0: like I'm seeing that nine percent versus twelve percent. I don't know why you actually experienced a higher growth on yours than I did.
1: I'm just, you know, I, I call the guys up there every once in a while and just pat them on the back, hey man, thanks for all you're doing. Uh, and you know,
0: you sending send them some extra like Christmas presents, birthday cards. <laughs> Wait, what do you do? Like, how do you get your machine to get more, more output
1: than mine? <sighs> I think mine just in a cooler area in the warehouse where just it's just performing better. You know,
0: I need I need to get on my site and check out what's happening <laughs> with my little miners, man. And people always ask us like, "What does that mean, miners?" I mean, you know, when you think miners, you think about like the little uh, Snow White dwarves. You know, like, every
1: time, every time
0: uh, uh, on the way. Maybe that's just because we have little girls, and that that's what comes to mind. <laughs> but it's these computers are performing a function, and they're just receiving a. A fee, of transaction cost, much similar to the credit card companies. I mean, it's much more complicated than I can explain to you, but that's the simplified version of what I give you. If I tell my mom.
1: Yeah, yeah, you don't want me uh, trying to explain it either, for sure. But it's it's very similar, I would say, to an ATM in the sense yeah. that there's a fee associated with somebody using the function that that ATM is there for. And as uh, as you've heard us report in years or months past, we we're able to invest in a block of seven of these ATMs. And uh, it it kicks off a consistent 2,184 net of any expenses uh, paid to us every single month. And that's a, about a seven-year time frame.
0: So that that's one of the things that somebody was asking me the other day, like, should I consider that with where, you know, the cash world is going? Is this a an idea that's going to be around five to seven years. You mentioned a second ago the fund that we're part of is a seven-year fund. Is this something that, you know, maybe is going to go away? I, what's your thoughts on that? I, I feel like it, it's a great question. It's something that is hard for us to completely know. But would you be willing, I guess, the best way to ask it, would you be willing to put more money into an ATM fund right now?
1: I would, um, because there's definitely a whole ecosystem of people that operate in this cash society. Unlike, I mean, there's not a lot of people that I'd say you and I, um, like I, I don't, and I know you don't as much, but there's a whole ecosystem that really relies on the use of ATMs. Um, I do. I definitely see it being a, a long-term issue like is, i'd say i mean it's definitely not going that way <laughs> what are you doing holding up cash right now <laughs> this, is,
0: this is my this is my grant cardone uh moment you know like <laughs> if you, you never see a grant cardone video where he hasn't like pulled out all sort of cash now uh, like these aren't hundreds most of these are like ones and fives a couple of 20s in there uh but I, I did have to get some cash the other day for my my nephew who had watched our dog while we were on vacation <laughs> And you know, my kids are constantly crushing me for cash needs when they go up to the church and there's a $5 fee here, go to drop <laughs> off my daughter at the swim meet. They got a $5 parking fee. So I, I mean, I'm still using cash. I really think that until everyone gets to a point where Venmo is the norm, right. And right. It, I know Venmo is much more common than it has been. I mean, i I used a valet the other day without any cash. And the guy, I was like, can I Venmo you? He's like, yeah. So, <laughs> so it is becoming more common, but I still think, you know, until that is a norm, cash will exist. And I hope cash will always exist because when when you have cash, one, you you, you got money that the government doesn't know about. And, and this is a sidebar thing, but one of the things I'm super concerned about is the, um, the government right now is trying to pass a law to get banks to report any bank accounts with um, balances over six hundred dollars. I think that's a real issue that we all yeah. need to push back on. Call your local representatives and say, no, I do not want the violation of my privacy. I don't want the government looking into my accounts that there's no checks and balances there. They get access to that information. There's no, that that's just a stepping stone to so many other things. People have heard Nelson Nash in the past when he would talk about the money that's locked up in IRAs and 401ks. They're going to come get that money eventually. They know it exists. They're, they're just finding other ways to come get money. Yep. The, the <laughs> fact that they're wanting the banks to have to report to them any accounts over $600, that's going to be an issue. And if we don't have cash, they're, you know, you won't be able to have money like that sitting around. That's not a lot of money. And clearly I don't advise people to have tons of cash just in their house, but there is reasons to have at least 30 days of cash maybe in a vault or somewhere. Because if if we went through a scenario where the bank shut down, right? We have like Greece a number of years ago, they, had, they, they froze everybody's money in banks. They couldn't go get it. And then they started, when they opened it back up, they were giving them just limits to how much cash they could access it is it's happened in other countries It's not to say it couldn't happen here so there are reasons to have access to cash i hope cash will continue so from my viewpoint i would say i would totally be willing to do another atm fund if that was the best use of our money we've got lots of other things we're doing so i don't know if it would be but people ask me that and clearly we're not giving investment advice we're just telling you what we're doing but i i want to kind of give you the thought process behind it
1: yeah good point Russ, I remember my dad specifically say to me, Joey, you got to go to college. I don't want you to end up like me. And you know what my dad was saying is in order for things to change, things have to change. You can't end up just like me.
0: Well, I think, I mean, we, we as parents, sometimes we take on the burden thinking about our kids and, and how we want something better for them. And we want to know what will their future look like if I don't take action, if
1: I don't do something different. See, in my house, I'm the role model. You're your kid's role model. And the buck stops with you. It's time to take action. If you're ready to take action, join us at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport and get started on your own journey to financial freedom. All right, let's jump back into this episode. Um, So uh, tell us how we're doing on this multifamily syndication, this apartment complex we got going on.
0: Man, that's one of those that I don't know, right? Like I've been accruing, I've been accruing payments on that for almost two years now. I invested in a multifamily apartment complex in South Carolina. It was a part of a bigger group. There was about 14 different apartment complexes that ultimately got all bundled together. They, they, they had some issues with accounting. They had some issues with management. They had issues just paying his money. I mean, you name it, we had issues, right?
1: I so got issues lot, like, with the not being paid issues.
0: Yeah, I mean, now I I get I get a statement that it, it's a lot like a I believe like a, a qualified plan statement. It, it tells me I got money. Mm. It tells me that you know things are going well, but you know I can't spin that piece of paper very well. And yeah. The last I heard about it, we were going to have our first distribution in over two years in the final quarter. So as we we get really close (laughs) to, to the final quarter of 2021, I'm hoping that we'll see some of that. I'd love to put a number on the board. I'd love to just say, yes, yes, it worked. Now, this is not indicative of all apartment complexes you can invest in. We have lots of friends who've been on the show, people that we're going to be with in Nashville here in a couple of weeks. And, and they've had no issues, but this one has not been a a great one for me. And I think it's, it's good to know that you have to always know who you're dealing with. You have to know the potential risk of the investments that you're in that, that investment, the ATM investment, both of those are for people who would be called accredited investors. What's an accredited investor, Joey?
1: Yeah, somebody who uh, makes jointly over three hundred thousand dollars a year, or has a million dollars of net worth outside of their home.
0: Yeah, and because of that, they would say if you're investing in those sort of things, you should have, you know, a little more sophistication in the investments that you're making. This is not going to be your last dollar that you're investing in it. Right. And clearly, <clears throat> because they're like, well, you guys don't need the money. You know, you got all of those crypto miners working out for you. Why don't we just <laughs> hang tight on paying you. No, I don't think that's happening at all. I'm, I'm a small fish in that pond, but it, it hopefully we'll see something down the road. Now on a separate note, on a more exciting note, we've seen our information business have a significant increase over the last couple of months.
1: Yeah, no, I, I was just mentioning the Pathfinder course. Uh, if you haven't already taken advantage of that, it is severely undervalued in terms of what we're charging for it, but for the information you get to know what sort of investor you are, I mean, we're sharing with you all of the different things that we're doing, but those things are not things you should do until you understand what type of investor you are. Cause none of this makes any difference. The investor is more important than the investment. Let me say I that know. again. The investor is more important than the investment. And Ultimately, it's how it all plays towards your financial freedom journey, not anybody else's. So uh, take us up on the Pathfinder. Go check that out in the community. You can purchase it. Um, Also, we've had people um, joining the inner circle. And I can't tell you the last time I felt as excited as I have in the last month or two because there's been more and more people joining the inner circle who are fired up about results. In fact, I'll just share um, one person recently just shared how over the last um, 36 months of having engaged with Wealth Without Wall Street, she was finally this fall able to retire, quote unquote, self-retire from her teaching job because she had created enough passive income through her land business that she could tell them, I'm no longer coming back to work. That is amazing. Not to mention the fact that that equates to more time with her daughter and uh, being able to pursue the passions that she now has. Uh, So anyways, I'm just, I'm so stoked up about people getting results and that's what the inner circle is all about. Well, it's about helping you get unstuck, right? A lot of times we get people that just don't know
0: where to start. They're stuck or they, maybe they've taken one step, but they haven't been able to really see momentum. And the goal of the inner circle is to help you break down really simply, what's the monthly expenses that you've got to cover in order to become financially free? Because passive income greater than monthly expenses equals financial freedom. That's the only reason we show this passive income report. It is our objective to get our passive income greater than our monthly expenses. And we know that this is one of the goals. And I don't want to show you our monthly expenses because I don't want you making fun of me. Like it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy sometimes when I see some of our expenses, I'm like, Oh, but just know that our, our passive income is greater than our monthly expenses most months. And <laughs> you know, it, it is though the, the thing that when I see people inside of the inner circle and they're sharing how they're getting unstuck, the, the things that they're able to do and those little lessons, just them connecting with one another, getting the ability to jump on a one-on-one call with the coach on a regular basis. Because too often, right, we just don't get the support we need to be able to push us over that final mile. And as you said, Joey, there's so many tools, there's so many resources, but clearly, like being able to take all the stuff that we've been doing over five years and cram it in and, and, and to help people like expedite their time to getting to that first 25%. Because if, you, if you've if got monthly expenses that you have zero passive income to cover, like it seems like daunting to think of how am I going to get to $5,000 a month? How am I going to get to $10,000 a month? Don't think that way. We're going to help you break it down into bite-sized chunks and build a strategy with you to get you to the first 25% show you what is the best ways to fund and implement that strategy, point you to the resources that us and other people in our inner circle are doing and have done that will dramatically cut the time down that you need to spend to do those things. So if you haven't already, take us up. We had a seven day free trial, Joey. It's com forward slash inner circle. Go there. Like, Take advantage of the seven days. See what we're talking about. See the interaction on a weekly basis. We have two coaching calls every single week. Group coaching calls live. You have so many things. You have no reason but your own procrastination not to take advantage of this. So I take action. I'm sitting here looking at our our numbers, Joey. We we went over sixty eight thousand dollars in the month of August in passive income. Just I mean, I, I look back to April, it was fifty four thousand. Like it's just tick, 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 constantly going up. The reason it's going up is because we're putting focus to it. That's what yes. the inner circle is about. That's what we want to help you do. We want to help you accomplish your goals.
1: That's right. And so I'm going to kind of close this out here talking about, we have some things coming, right? Russ and I have invested in a private note fund and we're waiting on those things to be all purchased and then subsequently to be paid out probably first quarter of next year. Uh, we also have invested in stack Go check that out. Really amazing luxury brand of candles. Um, a friend of ours has been able to build this as an e-commerce brand, uh, Justin. And, and so we're excited about that continuing to grow and, uh, to be able to, Probably be paid out first part of next year as well, and then he's actually got some other awesome e-commerce brands he's going to be bringing our way. So I'm excited to work with him. And then don't forget, cousin Eddie, the RV. Right.
0: <laughs> we do have an RV on uh, on the road, man. Bringing in passive income.
1: I mean, you you never knew or thought that there would be an RV on the passive income report, but just wait for September. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying bagging. I'm not trying to blow any smoke, but don't be afraid when you see Cousin Eddie on the report next month.
0: Yeah, there, there's never a dull moment with our passive income report. We hope <laughs> that this hopefully is inspiring to you that maybe from, from this report, hearing the two of us do this over the last 18 to 24 months, you say, man, it just needs to take one step before, uh, after, you know, in front of the other. Keep moving. I I hear the the saying, "Just move your feet. Just move your feet. Take action." And it, it's just that true. You can you can create passive income that exceeds your monthly expenses. Take action. Whether it's getting the inner circle, whether it's just taking the first step of getting your passport done, or it's jumping on a call with one of our coaches and figuring out what's the best strategy for you and figuring out what's the
1: next right thing for you to do yeah go go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash free call if that's exactly where you're at you just need somebody to kind of walk you through the very next step Uh, that's what they're there for i mean we we have the support play uh, team in place to get you to take that next step your financial freedom is so much more important than uh, anything else and we want you to focus on it we want to support you along the way
0: all right well as always we appreciate you for listening please take time to rate and review our podcast that's the way others who are looking for information like this can find it whenever they see the highly rated podcast they know that this must be a good show take your time to share it with a friend someone that would be encouraged to Who's struggling with, man, do I really have to stay in my day job for the rest of my life? Is there a way if they're talking to you about like they're they seeming to see their kids growing up right before their eyes and don't see a way to spend any more time with them? It's because they really don't have a pathway. And maybe this podcast could be the light to the tunnel that, that they need. So we really appreciate you as always. Have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast.